Welcome to Main Menu for the week of March 20 through March 26, 2015. I'm your host, David Tanner, and we are very pleased to have you with us here on Main Menu today. We hope you had a great week this past week. We're moving into spring now, first day of spring, if you're listening to this on the day of the first release of this week's Main Menu. And we hope you're looking forward to a great spring. We're already starting to enjoy spring in most of the U.S. Uh, there are some places that are still having some kind of cold weather, but we hope that they uh, will be uh, seeing some of the nice fresh spring that the rest of the country is very soon. We had planned this week on Main Menu on bringing you a, a few more of the interviews that we did at CSUN, but we are going to push that off a little bit till next week. Because we got the opportunity, got permission from the fine folks at AI Squared to air their web binder that they presented on the internet back last week on March 12th about all the new features and Windowize 9.1. And we wanted to get that on for you as quickly as we could. And we do have Mark Solomon's complete presentation minus the question and answer period after his presentation. We're going to air the complete presentation today, and then on next week's show, we will have the complete question and answer period that Mark had with the audience after his formal presentation. Because it is a rather long presentation and will take the majority of our time, we're going to get into that right away. Hope you have a great week this week. And it was good to have you here this week, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next week on Main Menu. Hello, this is Mark Solomon with AI Squared. It is Thursday, March 12, 2015, and today's webinar will focus on the new features available in WindowWise 9. AI Squared announced WindowWise 9 in January of 2015 and just last week released version 9.1, which is a free update for all WindowWise 9 users. The latest versions of WindowWise include many new features, product enhancements, and bug fixes. The big change in WindowWise that everyone is talking about is a brand new browse mode that enables comprehensive access to the dynamic and feature-rich websites that have become ubiquitous on the web. We would like to thank all of our customers who purchased their WindowWise 9 upgrade, as well as all of our customers with an active software maintenance agreement. We would also like to welcome those who are taking advantage of the WindowWise offer for users of Microsoft Office to the WindowWise community. For those of you who own an older version of WindowWise, you don't want to miss out on all of the improvements included with version 9 and 9.1, so please contact AI Squared or your local dealer to order your upgrade today. For today's demonstrations, I will be using a Windows 8.1 PC running WindowWise 9.1 with Internet Explorer 11, Firefox 36, and Chrome version 41. There's a lot of information to cover, so let's get started. Today's webinar will be approximately one hour in length, and as I mentioned earlier, we will leave time at the end for questions and answers. I have provided study guide worksheets for today's webinar. 
in the browser area of Talking Communities, I've loaded up the worksheet that has the questions um, that we're going to try to make sure we have answers for before we wrap up today's training. Um, so if you want to um, access the webinar recording after we post it or the corresponding worksheets, please surf over to gwmicro.com slash webinars, W-E-B-I-N-A-R-S. Let's go through today's learning objectives. First, we're going to learn how to obtain WindowWise 9 and 9.1. We also want to make sure we understand the benefits of WindowWise hooking the keyboard at a lower level in Windows. This is one of the improvements that came about in WindowWise 9. We're going to discover how to interact with dynamic web pages and web applications using the new browse mode. And as we do that, we'll become more familiar with the Accessible Rich Information Application Suite, commonly known as ARIA. So if that's something that's new to you, hopefully you'll get a better understanding of what ARIA is and how um, you're going to encounter web pages with ARIA um, moving forward. We're going to learn about the improvements made to table navigation on web pages. We're going to identify strategies for using the mouse pointer to interact with web pages. We're going to learn how to select and copy text from web pages. And we're also going to review other notable enhancements available in the new browse mode and in the 9.1 update. And finally, we're going to learn how to force WindowWise to reload when another program becomes unresponsive. So those are our goals for today. Let's go ahead and dig in with our first objective, learning how to obtain WindowWise 9. If you're an existing retail WindowWise customer, you can order your upgrade from AI Squared or your local dealer. Once you've ordered your upgrade, you will be able to install the update right on top of your current version of WindowWise. Um, if you order a CD, the latest version will be sent to you on disk, and you could also install the software using the CD that you receive. If you all have an active software maintenance agreement, WindowWise 9 would have been a free upgrade included in your agreement, and you should receive that software on CD automatically, as well as being able to download the upgrade on demand through WindowWise. And I will go over how to check for updates in WindowWise as we get further into the training. What if you are an existing WindowWise for Office user? So if you have, for example, version 8.4 already installed, you can download and install the upgrade installer. So long story short, WindowWise version 9 and 9.1 is available through the offer for users of Microsoft Office. And if you're already running it, just go to the help menu, hit check for updates, and you'll be able to download and install the upgrade. If you've not yet gotten into WindowWise and you want to take advantage of the WindowWise for Office offer, meaning you've got Office 2010 or newer installed, you can surf on over to windowwiseforoffice.com and download WindowWise 9.1 today. So that hopefully gives you an idea of how you can go about getting access to WindowWise 9. Um, we also have a 60-day evaluation copy on our website, so if none of the options I discussed apply to you, um, you can also surf over to our website, go to uh, activate the WindowWise link, then WindowWise demo link, and then you'll be in a form where you can fill out and download uh, the latest version of WindowWise and check it out for 60 days. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up the WindowWise control panel just so I can um, give you a quick rundown on how you can check for updates. So I'll hit control backslash to open the WindowWise control panel. Settings e new page information 116 of 21 tree view depth 3. And I'm deep into my settings here, um, but I'm going to go ahead and now open the help menu right from where I am by pressing Alt H. H. Documentation D pull down. And now down arrow a few times until I find. Remote assist speech and tip of the day error reporting. Show advanced op check for updates. See dialog. And there's the check for updates option in the help menu. And if I press enter, it should open the check for updates dialog. Link visit update website. Dialog check for updates. 
All right, and if I read this window with Control Shift W, a Window Eyes hotkey to read the active window. Update information group box. You are using Window Eyes 9.1.0.0, the most current version. Download Window Eyes 9.1.0.0. Visit update. Ignore updates for version 9.1.0.0. Checkbox uncheck disabled default close button. So I heard Window Eyes report that I'm already running the latest version, so there's no need to take action. But if you're running an older version, um, you would then want to navigate to either the download Window Eyes 9.1 link or visit the update page link. Um, both of those options would give you the ability to access your upgrade installer and get running, get up and running with WindowWise 9.1. And just as a note, WindowWise does do this check automatically, so my guess is if you're running an older version, you've probably already been prompted about updating and run into this dialog. But just in case, you can always open it manually from the help menu by choosing check for updates. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about um, some of the benefits of lower level keyboard hooking. WindowWise now hooks the keyboard at a lower level. This provides improved speed across the board, especially in office applications. In addition, hooking at a lower level finally eliminates a common problem when attempting to use the Control-Alt arrow keys to adjust speed settings on the fly. You might know where I'm going with this if you ever tried to use those hotkeys and ended up flipping your screen either on its side or upside down and had someone comment about that. So rather than the video card intercepting these keystrokes like it used to, WindowWise will intercept them first and act appropriately so you'll no longer have to deal with that conflict or issue. And also, because of the lower level keyboard hooking, navigating the office ribbons, moving through the Internet Explorer address bar, and even pressing the backspace key are all just a few additional examples of benefits provided by the lower level keyboard hooking that is now available in WindowWise 9 and newer. Now that we've covered um, a few basics, let's go ahead and turn our attention to the um, study guide worksheet for today's webinar because I believe we now are able to answer at least the first two questions on the worksheet. Um, question number one asks, true or false? WindowWise 9 can be obtained for free through the WindowWise offer for users of Microsoft Office. And the answer is true, it certainly can. And the second question on the worksheet asks, true or false? If you are using WindowWise 9 on a PC with an Intel video adapter, you need to disable the hotkey options found in the Intel Graphics Properties menu to prevent your screen from rotating when pressing Control-Alt-Arrow keys. And the answer to that question is false. You no longer have to take any additional action to avoid those keyboard conflicts. Window-wise will now intercept those keys and handle them instead of um, causing your screen to rotate. All right, let's start talking, uh, move our focus over to interacting with dynamic web pages, um, the new browse mode, and ARIA. First, let's try to clarify where we have come from and where we are now today in terms of browse mode. WindowWise now includes a brand new browse mode system which has been completely rewritten to fully support today's modern dynamic web. The new browse mode currently works with Internet Explorer and Mozilla Firefox applications like Firefox and Thunderbird. And with the release of WindowWise 9.1, that, that browse mode support is now also extended into the Google Chrome web browser. Even though the underlying nature of browse mode has been redesigned, I want to reassure everyone that the way you interact with it is very similar to previous versions of WindowWise. So what that means, hopefully, is that there is not going to be a, a substantial or hopefully a learning curve at all to begin browsing webs, uh, web pages with the new browse mode. All the hotkeys for navigating web pages you've used in the past should be virtually identical. All right, so what else does this mean in terms of we rewrote, we redesigned browse mode? What does that actually mean? Let's kind of dig into what we're getting at. Well, the big change is that the browse mode buffer is gone. When a web page loaded in the past, WindowWise would convert a snapshot of the web page into a speech-friendly document, which we refer to as the browse mode buffer. And you can navigate this browse mode buffer with the arrow keys, much like you would a document. While this worked well for web pages that had content that didn't change, or static content, sites with dynamically changing content did not function well in this paradigm, in this model of browsing. 
For instance, browse mode either would not update with what appeared on the screen after a dynamic change, or it would constantly reload in the background, causing some usability challenges, or the web page would use web elements that WindowWise did not understand. Now the content you hear as you navigate web pages reflects the site's content in real time, and the snapshot or buffer no longer exists. This means that even if a web page changes, WindowWise is able to keep up without requiring that browse mode be refreshed. And once again, even though that the browse mode buffer is gone, you can still use the same navigation commands as before to navigate around the page, such as Control Home to jump to the top, Control N to jump to the bottom, up and down arrow keys, etc. Now that we've talked a little bit about the changes that have taken place in browse mode, let's go ahead and learn through an exercise. And what we're going to do is we're going to dive right in. One of the most popular internet services today is Twitter, which allows individuals to send short messages to communities of individuals rapidly. It's really, um, I think, revolutionized how news and information is distributed. And we want to make sure that our customers have full access to all the benefits Twitter has to offer. So Twitter can be used in many different ways, and if you're using a PC, one way to interact with Twitter is by going to the Twitter website. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to move my focus over to Mozilla Firefox and within this web browser I should have the Twitter website open and I should be logged into the AI Squared Twitter account. I'm going to go ahead and use Alt Tab here and find Firefox. Window Ice 11 Twitter Mozilla Firefox application main window pull down. Alright, so I alt-tabbed a few times, I located Firefox, and WindowWise announced that the title of the current tab is 11 Twitter. And I believe that the 11 is referring to how many new tweets are available in my timeline to review. Alright, so how are we going to interact with Twitter? Twitter is a great example of web accessibility done right. And what you're going to start to find is that well-designed and accessible web applications are going to have keyboard accessibility built in. New tweets available. Press period to review them. Okay, hopefully you all heard that message being announced by WindowWise about new tweets being available. Um, just to kind of hint at what's ahead, that's all because of ARIA that WindowWise is able to speak that information. That's an example of an ARIA live region announcement. We might talk more about that as we go on here. Um, so getting back to my point, a well-designed web application that's accessible more than likely will have its own keyboard accessibility and keyboard shortcuts built right in. And what that means for us as WindowWise users is that you'll be able to interact with this web application out of browse mode and still be able to obtain a very powerful and rich user experience. And I think Twitter is a great example of how this is implemented and, and what the experience can be like when people design accessible web applications. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that browse mode is turned off and I'm going to press Control-Shift-A, which is the Windows WindowWise hotkey to toggle browse mode. Browse off. And you heard WindowWise specifically state that browse mode is off. This is not the default setting in WindowWise. I actually enabled this setting in Verbosity because I like to have WindowWise speak the state of browse mode when it gets toggled. By default, you're just going to hear an ascending tone and a descending tone. So if you want to hear WindowWise announce browse on, browse off like you just heard, we can go into the WindowWise control panel, go into the settings tree view, find the Verbosity node, open that up, go down to the browse mode node, open that up, and change the option there. I'll go ahead and quickly run through this process just in case you want to be able to do this on your own. Control backslash for the control panel. Settings e new page information. Then I'm deep into the settings tree view already, so I'm just going to um, tap my left arrow a few times to close up some of the open branches here. Browse mode expand. Browse mode close. Verbosity expanded date of 13 three items def one. All right, so here's the verbosity node in the settings tree view, and I'm going to. Um, you heard it was still open, but if it's not open, just hit your right arrow. And I was told that there are three items. And I'm going to down arrow and see if I can find the browse mode item. Common closed one of three def. Browse mode closed two of three. There it is. I'm going to open the browse mode 
node or branch by pressing right arrow. Browse mode expanded two of three twenty-one items. All right, a lot of options here. You hear there's twenty-one items under browse mode for us to, to check out. I'm gonna move down this list of items in the tree until I find the auto load item, the auto load item. Access acronyms actions auto load four of twenty-one. There it is. And the the setting we're looking for is in a combo box with the name of when browse mode is toggled on or off. So I could tab forward, um, and I'll just do that now to tab through the options. So when I, the first press of tab is going to jump me out of the settings tree into the right pane of the control panel where all of my autoload options are. Should browse mode be on by default? Global toggle scope button. All right, so there's a number of settings here that I'm going to tab through until I find the combo box I'm looking for. Should browse mode be on by allow automatic format, allow automatic, use escape to re-enable, use escape to re when browse mode is toggled on or off, global toggle scope button. All right, so it said the setting right now is global. Meaning that if I make a change here, it'll apply to all programs that use browse mode, which is what I want. I'll tab again. When browse mode is toggled on or off, global indicate with speech and tones combo box 404. And my combo box is already set to the correct option, indicate with speech and tones. If yours is not set to this option, you can just press your down arrow until it's selected. And then once you've selected that setting, just press Control S to save your settings. S. Settings saved. All right. So that's how you can go in and modify that verbosity setting in window-wise if you want to hear browse mode, uh, the state of it, on and off when you toggle it. I'll press escape to minimize the control panel and I should return to the Twitter um, web page in Firefox. Application main window, left paren 12 right paren Twitter. All right, so we're back on Twitter. Browse mode is off. And I've done a little bit of homework to learn um, what some of the more popular keyboard commands that are built into Twitter are. Um, and the first ones you probably want to get to know are the keyboard commands to move to the next tweet in your timeline or the previous tweet in your timeline. Those commands are J, and K. They're right next to each other on a QWERTY keyboard. J looks for the next tweet and moves focus to the next tweet and K goes to the previous. So I'll press J now and see if it takes me to the next tweet on my timeline. J. HubSpot, HubSpot, try HubSpot's free CRM and save time and energy. No more manual data entry. Dash HTTP slash slash bit.ly slash 1MNPRXR for tweets 9 favorites March 11 1 of 21 list box. All right, so I hear that there are 21 tweets in my timeline. New available. Press period to review them. And then Twitter is sending a ARIA live announcement saying that there's new tweets available. Hit period to display them. So I want to take the advice here. I'm going to hit period on my keyboard, and that's a keyboard shortcut built into Twitter that should refresh my timeline and give me any new tweets that have come in since we've started working here. Period. NFB, NFB voice congratulations to NFB member Spavitrin, who has been elected chair of the US Access for HTTP slash slash bit.ly slash 1WZJHNO 20 seconds ago, 1 of 34. All right, so um, there's a new tweet that came in from NFB about um, the new chairman of the Access Board, um, they're involved with the Section 508 legislation, so that's good information. Um, now I'm just going to move forward uh, through my timeline by pressing K uh, J, and I'll move down a few tweets and see if we can find a few others that are interesting to check out. J, J, Brooke, J, disability.gov, J, Deborah Rock, Deborah Rossi, PD Workshop User Experience, dash designing usable interfaces, HTTP slash slash cloud.tt slash 11 Sakiki U9XV921 minutes ago, 5 of 34. All right, so I've just found a tweet from Deborah Rue, who's an accessibility consultant, and she's helping um, let people know about a, a new workshop available, and there is a link at the end um, that could take us to probably a webpage with more information. Um, so if I want to move to the previous tweet, I just hit the K on the keyboard. K. Disability.gov. Disability.gov. Selgene asks, what's your J? And I'll go ahead Deborah and get Rock, back to Deborah this Rossi PD. So I hit J then to move back to the tweet I was on. So this is what Twitter refers to as macro-level navigation, meaning these keys move you from tweet to tweet. But there's a lot of content within each tweet, and if you want to move between those different elements, 
interests, which Twitter refers to as micro-navigation, just use your tab key once to get to the tweet of interest. So I'm not going to use my tab key to move through the different pieces of content within this specific tweet. Link Deborah Rush. Deborah Rush. All right, so here's a link to the Twitter user that posted this tweet. Link 22M22 minutes ago. And there's a link to the timing regarding this tweet. Link HTTP slash slash cloud dot TT slash 11 Sakiki U9 XV9 HTTP slash slash cloud dot TT slash 11 Sakiki U9 XV9. That might sound like gibberish, but that's WindowWise reading the web page address or the link that was included in this tweet that people can use to access more information about this. I'll tap again. Reply by and then you'll find some of the buttons or controls that you can use to interact with the tweet. Retweet button, favorite button, more menu drop down button, pull down. Okay, and you heard this last one's called a, a more menu button and it has a pull down, a drop down. Once again, that additional information about what this control is and what it has is coming through because of ARIA, because the web author used ARIA to provide additional information that Streamreader users can benefit from when they access these controls. All right, so those are some of the basic concepts of how to navigate your home timeline uh, in terms of navigating by tweet forwards and backwards with J and K. Um, the period will allow you to load new tweets, and as I mentioned, as, as you heard, Twitter sends out a live announcement, an ARIA live announcement, when there are new tweets, so you'll be quite a aware of that. Now, I just want to show a couple of other quick things here before we wrap up our Twitter exercise. Uh, one is these layered keyboard commands that they have to help you navigate to different sections of Twitter. Um, so the way that these commands work is you first press G for go, and then you press a second letter based on where you want to jump to in Twitter. Um, so one of the other timelines available in Twitter is called the notifications timeline. And I believe that timeline includes tweets that uh, might mention your organization or, or your Twitter handle. Um, so if I wanted to jump to the notifications timeline, I would press G followed by N, and I'd expect that the new notification timeline would load dynamically. Let's give that a try. G. N. Now at this point, I didn't hear anything notifying me that I'm now in the notifications timeline. So I'm going to ask WindowWise to read me the title of the current web page with Control Shift T as in title. Twitter slash notifications dash Mozilla Firefox maximized. So even though I didn't automatically hear I'm on the notifications timeline, Twitter does a nice job of updating the title of the page to reflect where you are. So hopefully that helps you confirm that you are now on the notifications timeline. And if I were to press J, I should move to the first tweet in my notifications timeline. J and five others retweeted U6H reminder dash today's free online training. Explore the new features of Windowwise 9. Will all right, so I'll just hush up Windowwise, and there's a tweet uh, showing me all the people that retweeted my announcement earlier today about today's webinar. So that's a great um, example of how the community can work together to share information and spread the word about um, good resources. All right, I'm going to go back to the home timeline, and I'm guessing that you want to make a guess and say that if you want to go home, you can press G followed by H, and that's exactly what would work here. So I'll press G, G here's H, H, and I should go back to the home timeline. Now, if I read the title, I'm probably not going to hear home, but I'll just hear Twitter dash Mozilla Firefox maximized. So when you're on the home timeline in Twitter, the title of the page will just be Twitter. It's not going to have anything after that. So that helps me confirm that I'm back where I am. And if I go to the first tweet, I expect it to probably be that tweet from NFB about the U.S. Access Board. J. NFB NFB voice congratulations to NFB member Spavitrin, who has been elected. And there it is. There's that same tweet we were just checking out. All right, so hopefully that gives you uh, a little bit of a taste on how you can navigate your timelines um, and tweets and the content within tweets, as well as jump to different sections. Um, the last thing I'm going to demonstrate is how we can actually compose and send a tweet. Um, it's great because Twitter provides a very simple keyboard shortcut to bring up the new tweet dialog. And if you're kind of jumping ahead and thinking what that might be, how about N for new? That's exactly right. Let's hit it and see what we get. N 
We text using Twitter and other accessible web apps is a breeze with Window-Eyes 9. Edit. All right, so I'm now in the Compose New Tweet window, and Twitter will actually remember content that you previously typed if you didn't send it. So I kind of prepared a tweet ahead of time so I wouldn't have to waste a lot of time writing it. Um, but I think it actually will be helpful to kind of show you how this works. So I'm going to delete what's here. I'll press um, Shift Home to select from the end of the edit box at the beginning. Using Twitter and other accessible web apps is a breeze with Window-Eyes 9. Selected. Okay, so now that text is selected, and I'll hit back backspace or delete to get rid of that text. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of retype that tweet and show you a couple cool, cool things that happened along the way. U-S-I-N-G space at T-W six suggestions I-T six suggestions. Alright, so what happened there? I typed the word using and then I wanted to tell people I'm using Twitter. But one of the things that people are starting to do on Twitter is that when they reference an organization, they're going to reference the Twitter handle. And that means that when you send out this tweet, that organization will be notified that you sent out a message about them. So the way you reference an organization or a Twitter handle is by using the at sign. So I typed an at sign and started to type Twitter. And after I typed T-W-I-T, WindowWise noti notified me that there are suggestions available. And that means that this edit box is intelligent and has auto-complete and auto-suggestions available. So what I can do then is I can use my up and down arrow keys to move through the list of suggestions that's now displayed just below the edit box. And hopefully I'll find the Twitter handle as a suggestion and I won't have to finish typing it. I can just arrow to it and then select it with enter. Twitter and 11 Y team verified Twitterific what TWTTWE Twitter verified account Twitter 4 of 6. There's the official um, Twitter handle for the Twitter organization. I'll press enter to select it. Tweet text using Twitter edit. And now that has been, that handle has been auto-completed and now I'm ready to start typing the rest of my message. I S space A space B R E E Z E space W I T H space number. There's a hashtag. W I N D O W E Y E S. I just did a hashtag for WindowWise just in case people want to search for information about WindowWise they could search on that hashtag WindowWise. Bang, bang, space, nine, bang. All right, so let's reread what I've got here. Using Twitter is a breeze with window eyes nine. And I just use the read current line hotkey in window eyes, control numpad five to reread that line of text. All right, so now that I've typed in my tweet, I can either press control enter, which is the Twitter keyboard shortcut to send the tweet, or I can just tab until I find the tweet button. Tweet button. And I'll activate the button with spacebar. Space. Twitter document window. Four suggest new tweets available. All right, so now the new tweet window has closed. I've returned to my home timeline. If I check for the new tweets by hitting period. Period. AI squared ace word using Twitter is a breeze with window eyes nine. Eight seconds. And there's that tweet that I just sent out about eight, seven seconds ago. All right, so I hope that gives everyone a better idea of how you can utilize Twitter with WindowWise. Hopefully I gave you some confidence that because of the great work done on both sides, both on the, the WindowWise development side and the Twitter website side, it can really provide a powerful experience that can be um, enjoyable and hopefully allow you to, to get involved with the conversation on Twitter. All right, next what we'll do is we're going to do another exercise online with a dynamic web application, and this time we're going to check out Google Drive and Google Docs. I'm going to take a quick moment here, um, so give me maybe about 15 seconds, and we, we'll jump right into our next exercise. AI Squared, Scott, AI Squared meeting room. And I just wanted to respond, um, I'm back in the meeting room here, and, and someone asked about the visual screen. That's correct, I'm not doing any screen sharing today, um, so the visual content you're going to see is actually um, the study guide worksheet, but hopefully all the audio is relevant and providing you with um, the information you need to be successful with, with some of the things that I'm doing here. So I apologize that I don't have screen sharing going today, but I wanted to kind of keep things um, as simple as possible and still try to give everyone a, a great opportunity to, to check out what we're doing here.
All right, now I'm just going to check back and see if we've answered any other questions on our worksheet besides the first two now that we've moved forward here. Yes, and question number three in the worksheet asks, true or false, the static browse mode buffer is no longer used in WindowWise 9 and has been replaced by a new dynamic browse mode that provides access to web page content in real time. And the answer is true. That's definitely true. And the next question, I'm just going to read it. I don't think we have the, the full answer yet, but kind of to prepare you, true or false for question four. If you want to interact with an ARIA user interface widget, such as a tab panel, menu bar, accordion, or tree view, browse mode needs to be turned off. Well, I don't think we've answered that question directly yet, so let's kind of hold off, but I think we'll have an answer very shortly when we start working with Google Drive and Google Docs. So I'm going to alt-tab back over to Firefox and move over to the tab. I'll close my Twitter tab and then get into my Google Drive tab. Twitter Mozilla Firefox. Previous next tab. AI squared A squared. Close tab. Previous tab. My Drive dash Google Drive. All right. So I'm back in Firefox. Um, I've got my Google Drive page open. Um, so keep in mind that in order to use uh, Google Drive and Google Docs and the other Google apps, you do have to have a Google account. So assuming you have a Gmail address, web address or email address, you already have a Google account. Um, if you don't yet have a Google account, um, it's something that you might want to look into so you can take advantage of some of these great um, applications that are now available. Um, I was at the CSUN conference last week in San Diego. I, I really had a wonderful experience and learned quite a bit. And I had a chance to interact with some of the uh, folks from the Google team. And one of their technical product managers stopped by to kind of check out WindowWise and see how it was working with, um, with Google Apps. And to make a long story short, um, I let him drive and interact and, and work with the application. Um, and when he finished up, he, he let me know that he was very impressed with what he saw. Um, so with that being said, I don't want to say that everything's perfect yet. There's still, I think, a lot of work to be done both on the screen reader side and the Google development side, but it's really exciting to see the progress that has been made and a lot of the things that can now be done. So let's start to check out some of the things that can be done. Um, when you log into Google Drive, which is where Google recommends you start as a screen reader user as a, as a jump off point, um, you're going to be placed in a list box. And this list box should contain a list of the files and folders um, in your drive. Now, I want to point out that this is an example of an ARIA user interface widget. And if you want to interact with it as the web author intended, you're going to want to turn browse mode off so that all the keyboard commands that are built into the web application will work and they won't be intercepted by window eyes. So I'm going to make sure that browse mode is off. I'll press Control Shift A. Browse off. And now I'm going to just tap my up arrow. And I'm going to move down through my list box. Newsreel Google Drive folder owned by me last modified by me 12 slash 27 slash 13 folders do not take up quota space two of six list box. So that what you just heard should sound similar to what you experience when you're moving through a file list in Windows Explorer. It tells you the name. There's a few attributes in, in the, the other columns. And then it gives you an index of where it is in the, in the list. All right, I'm going to go ahead and move down until I find an individual file, not a folder. Personal Google Drive folder. Work Google Drive folder. Download.csv. Untitled presentation Google Slides owned by me last modified by me March 2 Google Slides files do not take up quota space 6 of 6. Alright, so I found a file called Untitled Presentation and WindowWise announced that the type of file is a Google Slide file, meaning it's a, a, um, a slideshow, much like um, what you would experience with PowerPoint. And what I want to do is I just want to show you that when you're in these um, list boxes, 
there are application, um, I'm sorry, there are context menus available for the folders and the files that give you quick access to all the all the common commands you might need access to. And you can open up this context menu just like you would in a desktop application by pressing the applications key, which on full-size keyboards is three keys to the right of the spacebar. If you don't have a dedicated applications key on your keyboard, you can also use Shift F10 as an alternative. So what I want to do is I want to see if I can remove or delete this file using the context menu. So I'll press the applications key. And I'm going to move down through the context menu Preview. here. Preview. Open with pull down. With my down arrow. Share. Get link. Move to. Add star. Rename. View detail. Make a copy. Download. Remove. And there's the remove option in the context menu. I'm going to press my enter key. And this should remove the file from my drive. Und removed one file. Undo. Download.csv, separated date owned by me last modified by me February 28 file size is 7KB5 of 6. All right. So I'm at this point now where we've removed the file. Um, I think the index still said 5 of 6. Once again, there's still details to be worked out on both sides, so I'm not going to point any fingers at where the discrepancy is there. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and refresh the page here with F5. Refresh page. One heading, one landmark, six link. Akbo list box. I'm going to turn browse mode off. Browse off. Newsreel to list. Back to that Download.csv, comma, separated date owned by me, last modified by me, February 28, file size is 7KB5 of 6. All right, so that index value didn't get cleaned up on a refresh, but I don't want you to get too bogged down in that particular detail. Hopefully, you're starting to get a feel for once you turn browse mode off. You can navigate this list very easily, just like you would in Windows Explorer. You've got a great context menu there to give you lots of options for managing these files. I'm going to go up to a folder called Work and open it up and then see if I can find a document for us to check out. Work Google Drive folder owned by me, last... Okay, I'll hutch it up since I heard it, the Work folder. I'll press Enter to open it. See textbook dialog Visual Studio Project Files Google Drive folder owned by me. Now hush it up. So I'm now thinking that I'm in the work folder. I'll read the title of the web page to see where I'm at. Work dash Google Drive dash Mozilla Firefox Maximize. And you'll see that the current folder name is actually listed in the title of the web page, which can be very helpful. All right. And if you want to take a guess, how would I go back to the previous location or one up in the hierarchy? Just like in Windows Explorer, I can hit my backspace key. I'm not going to do that now, but just kind of keep in mind these applications are trying to be designed so they behave similar to what you're already used to in desktop applications. So I'm going to move down this list until I find a, um, a document that talks about tips for online teachers. Receipts, site cues, Google Drive, accessing the Dropbox, marks timesheet, meals, march, parking dot, start here, ba start here, intermediate, 10 tips for online teachers, Google Docs owned by me, last modified by me, 109 p.m. Google Docs files do not take up. All right, so here is the file called 10 tips for online teachers. It told me it's a document, so I could open it either by pressing enter or by opening the context menu. Context menu. And then down arrowing to. Preview. Open with pull down. And whenever you hear a pull down in, in Google Drive or Google Docs, what I've learned is the right arrow is really the only way to to open these pull downs. So I don't believe enter will work, so just keep in mind if you want to open the pull down in Google Drive or Google Docs, use your right arrow. Google Docs. And the only option available in the pull down is Google Docs, um, but hopefully that shows you that there's a couple ways to get the file open, either by pressing enter or by using the context menu. I'll press enter here in Google Docs, and the document should open in a new tab here in Mozilla Firefox. Menu closed. Above blank document window. Browse off document content edit. Screen reader star 10 tips for online teachers Norman Coombs. All right, so a couple of things happened there. The, the document opened up in a new tab. It was presented in the Google Docs interface. So in my previous tab, I'm still in Google Drive. In this tab, I'm actually in Google Docs, which is a full web application. Everything in this window is an application. Think of it as Microsoft Word being embedded into a web page. So you've got a menu bar, and you've got a toolbar, and you've got a document area. All these things are right here for us in a web page. It really is exciting to kind of think how much power is available now through our web browser. 
All right, so another thing you might have heard is that browse mode turned off automatically. And kind of sticking with our theme, when you're dealing with accessible web applications, in most cases, you're going to want to make sure browse mode is off. Because we work closely with Google, we know to turn browse mode off automatically. And then you might have also heard when do I start to say that screen reader support is enabled. And that's something that now happens automatically, the way we've programmed window-wise. Um, but just in case it doesn't, you want to make sure you turn screen reader support on. And the keyboard shortcut to toggle that on and off, which is a Google keyboard shortcut, is Control-Alt-Z. All right, so going back to our study guide worksheet in question four, asking true or false, if you want to interact with an ARIA user interface widget, such as a tab panel, menu bar, accordion, or tree view, browse mode needs to be turned off. Hopefully, by this time, I've reinforced the fact that you do want to have browse mode off, not on, when interacting with web applications and ARIA widgets. So the answer to question four is actually false, because you don't want browse mode to be turned on. All right, so one of the reasons why we turn off browse mode automatically on this particular web application is because Google used what's called an application role. And this is part of ARIA. And a web author can say, all right, within this web page, treat it like an application. And they write a little bit of code um, on their web page that tells window-wise that everything within this section should be treated like an application. So that helps us answer question number five on our worksheet. What ARIA role, reported by WindowWise as a landmark, is used to denote that an entire web page or a specific region of a web page should be treated like a traditional desktop application? And the answer is the application role. And that's all part of the ARIA specification we've been talking about. All right, so now that we're in this document, let's go ahead and try going to the top. I'll press Control Home. Image Alt Text Description EC Banner Dash EC Equal Access to Software and Information. All right, I didn't hear top like I do in Microsoft Word, and that's just because we don't have a key label defined for that keyboard shortcut here with browse mode off. But what I did hear was I heard the first element that's in the top of this document, an image, and you heard WindowWise read the alt text associated with that image. I'm, just gonna, I'm now going to move down to the next line of text just by pressing down arrow. Heading 1, 10 Tips for Online Teachers. And because the document author used headings, um, that information is announced and, and provided as you move through the text. I'll move down again. Norman Coombs, CAC. All right, move down again. EC Equal Access to Software and Information 2011. Left paren, this document may be duplicated and shared so long as it is copied in whole and retains the copyright statement right brand introduction. I'm just hitting down arrow here to read by line. For decades, if not centuries, teaching involved the instructor lecturing and all right, so I'll stop there. That hopefully shows you it's very straightforward. If I can also navigate, just like I do a traditional document, by character with the left and right arrow. E-N-T-U. Or by word with control left and right arrow. Comma. Teaching. Involved. Uh. So all the standard navigation commands are working now that browse mode is off here in Google Docs. And, um, when, and what's happening is that Google's using ARIA Live technology to help announce text for us. So really what's happening is Google is saying, speak this, speak this, speak this. And that's what we're then speaking to the user. Um, so that's a good thing, but what if you're editing a document? Introduction. I'm going to move to a, um, the end of the document here with Control End. Entering page 10 of... And I'm going to start typing. T-T-H-I-S. And you're hearing a stutter, and that's because Google is telling WindowWise to speak the letter that just showed up on the screen. But WindowWise is also designed to read the character after it's typed because of your keyboard echo. So the tip is, if you're working within Google Docs and you're typing, you probably want to turn your keyboard echo off because the Google web application will, the way it's designed, will allow it to speak even with keyboard echo off. So just as a tip, if you want to quickly turn your keyboard echo off, you can use the keyboard shortcut or the hotkey insert number row two. And I'll just hit that to, to rotor through all of the, the different um, keyboard echo options until I hear off. Keyboard voice on with words. Keyboard voice on with words and numbers. Keyboard voice on with characters. Keyboard voice on with characters. Words. Keyboard voice on with words. Left paren interrupt. Keyboard voice on with words and numbers. Le keyboard voice off. All right, so here's the off option. So I'm going to continue typing and hopefully the stutter will be gone. I-S-A. 
T-E-S-T. There we go. So that shows you how to work around that uh, double speaking when you're typing. Just turn that keyboard echo to off when you're working within Google Docs. I'll turn my keyboard echo back on here with insert two. Keyboard voice on with characters. I'll go back to the top of the document. Image alt text description EC banner dash EC equal access to. All right, I'll hush it up. And just a couple other quick things to show off here. Um, what if you wanted to move and find the next spelling mistake in the document? Well, Google's built in some handy keyboard shortcuts. I'll hit control apostrophe, which is very similar to the word spelling, next spelling hotkey, alt apostrophe, so hopefully that won't be too hard to remember. I'll hit control apostrophe. Of Coombs. And I'll hit it again. EC. I'll move to the previous one with control semicolon. Misspelling Coombs. All right, so what you should hear is, after you hit your hotkey for next or previous spelling error, when do I should announce misspelled? Of misspelling EC. Followed by the word that's misspelled. And just like in Microsoft Word, if you open the applications, uh, if you open the context menu with the applications key, you should find a list of suggestions and other spell check commands. Let's give that a try. Context menu. Spelling suggestion AOC. Spelling suggestion AO-C. Right, so I'm moving through the spelling suggestions. I could also say... I'll add to personal dictionary. Hey, this is a legitimate acronym, E-A-S-I. I don't want it to be flagged as a spelling error in the future, so I'll just hit enter on add to personal dictionary. Easy added to your personal dictionary. Menu closed. Grouping object. So that's just giving you a little taste of how you can perform um, some of the same spell check uh, features. You can utilize some of the same spell check features that you've been accustomed to in, in desktop word processors. Now before we wrap up our, our exercise here in Google uh, Docs and Drive, I want to make sure you're aware about the menu bar because um, Google Docs and all of the Google apps have this menu bar and the hotkey uh, combination to get up there is Alt-Shift plus the letter of what you're trying to do. So for example, Alt-Shift-F should take me and open the file menu. Let me give that a try. F, context menu, file pull down. All right, so I hear that I'm in a file pull down. I'm going to see if I can rename this file. So I'm going to down arrow until I find rename. Share, new, open, O, shortcut, control plus O, rename, R. There it is. I'll press enter to rename. Menu closed. Enter a new document name 10 tips for online teachers edit. So here's a little modal dialogue or a dialogue that sits on top of the application that I've got to interact with before I can get back to the document. I'll just go ahead and rename this document. I'll call it T-P-S-P-A-O-R-S. I'll tab to the OK button. OK button. Hit enter. Grouping object. And now if I read the title, Tips for Webinars-Google-Docs-Mudzilla. I just renamed the document using the file menu in Google Docs. Um, the last menu I'm going to show you is the Accessibility menu. Alt-Shift-A is the shortcut. A. Context menu. Accessibility pull-down. And there's a number of items here that you want to get to know. Speak. S. Pull-down. If I jump in here. Speak selection. Speak selection formatting. F. Shortcut control plus alt plus a control plus alt plus F. So you're hearing that a lot of these menu items have corresponding keyboard shortcuts. And this one was called Speak Selection Formatting and you press Control-Alt-A and then Control-Alt-F. What if I wanted to get the cursor location? Speak cursor location, L, shortcut, Control plus Alt plus Control plus Alt plus L. So it's Control-Alt-A to get things started and then Control-Alt-L to speak the cursor locations. So I often use the accessibility menu to kind of look up what these hotkeys are so I can become a little bit more productive. And I'd encourage you to kind of explore the other menu items here as there's a lot of good stuff to check out. And this accessibility menu can help you navigate and find information as well as speak their information in your document. I'll hit Escape. Document region. All right, so to kind of get everyone oriented again, I'm back in Firefox. I'm in the Google Drive uh, tab, and I wanted to let people know that once you get back to Drive, what if you wanted to create a new file, maybe a spreadsheet or a presentation or a document? If you hit the letter C, as in Charlie, it's going to activate the New button, open up a pull-down menu with several helpful options. C, Context Menu. 
Now I'm going to move down through this context menu with my down arrow. Folder, file upload, Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Slides. So I can create a new folder in Google Drive. I could upload a file from here. I could create a document, a spreadsheet, or a uh, present, a visual presentation, all using this this great helpful uh, new menu. I'm going to press Escape to close the menu. New menu, drop down button, pull down. And then I'm going to try to get back to that list box of files and folders where we started out here. And I'll just use Tab key with browse mode off here. My drive closed one of five depth one tree view. So here's an example of an of a tree view widget that contains um, a listing of all of the locations in my drive. I'll tab again. Sort by name button. There's a couple of widgets here to sort the list. Sort by last modified tips for webinars. Google Docs owned by me last modified by me 2.47 p.m. Google Docs files do not take up quota space 10 of 12 list box. All right, so we're back in the list box right where we started. So um, I think that's where I'm going to conclude my, my demonstration of, of Google Drive. And at this point, I'd like to turn our attention to the improvements made to table navigation because tables are all over the web. And I want to show you some of the cool things that we're now doing. Um, I did a Google search for Beatles discography Wikipedia, and that helped me find a, um, a web page on Wikipedia that has a table that lists all the albums that have been released by the Beatles. And as you can imagine, there's quite a few of them. I'm going to hit Control Tab to move to this uh, tab in Firefox that has the Beatles discography. Next tab, Get Start. Next tab, VoIP. Next tab, the Beatles discography dash Wikipedia. All right, so I'm now on the Wikipedia page for the Beatles discography. I'm going to try to navigate by table by pressing T, and I'm going to try to find a table that has a lot of rows that represent the different albums. Table 9 rows, 2 columns, length of fat. Okay, 9 rows, that's not enough. I know that they got more than 9 albums. I'll hit T again. Table 30 rows, 10 columns, title. Alright, so that sounds more like it. And I want to clarify that if you're working with sighted peers as you navigate a web page with WindowWise 9 and newer, WindowWise is now scrolling into view the content you encounter. So it's going to make it much easier for you to communicate what's happening or if you're collaborating on a project. So as I move to this, this second table, it was off of the screen and now it's been scrolled in so I can now see the top of the table. I'm going to read the current line to find out where I am in this table. Title. Alright, I'm, I'm in a cell that has the text title. So in the past, you had to enable a tables mode before you could start navigating the table by row or by column with insert and the arrow keys. But now, you can just start navigating the table with your insert arrow keys as soon as you get to it. So I'm going to move down to the next row, which should hopefully have the first album and the title of that first album. Insert down arrow. Link please please me double dash dagger. Alright, so the first album is please please me. The double dagger is just some little symbol that Wikipedia put in there, probably to reference a footnote further down on the page. I'm going to walk across this row with insert right arrow to hear the other pieces of information available for this record. Album details list with two items released 22 March 1963 label link parlophone left paren UK right paren end list. And what's pretty cool about that is WindowWise announced the column title album details without me having to take any action. So if a web author properly marks up a table and the column and row titles, WindowWise should be able to pick that up automatically. Now you can still manually define where the headers um, are with control shift H, but hopefully now in most cases out of the box you'll get the experience you're looking for. I'm going to move to the next column in this table and let's check out what happens. P chart positions UK 121. Now that might not sound very impressive, but this cell of data, which contains the number one, actually has two column titles, and the titles are, are nested, which can be very complicated for a screen reader to figure out, but WindowWise had no issue with it. Um, so the first column title was peak chart position, and then it told you in what region or country. So it said, basically, the peak chart position in the UK, the, the peak was number one. It reached the top of the charts. So um, this is just a quick little um, exercise and demo of how you can interact with tables. And to get back to our worksheet, question number five, I'm sorry, question number six, True or false, in WindowWise 9, you need to manually enable table mode before you can navigate an HTML table by row with insert up, down, or by column with insert left, right. Well, we now know that is false. You don't have to take any extra action. You can use your table navigation commands as soon as you get to the table with WindowWise 9 and newer.
All right, let's jump to our next topic, which is using the mouse pointer to interact with web pages. Now, I'm going to show two different uh, examples here. The first is on a website at phone.com, and I've got that open here in a Firefox tab. So I'll move to that tab now. Previous tab, VoIP phone service systems from phone.com. All right, so when I was working with this company, they told me that if I wanted to get to their webinars, I've got to click on the resources link, and from the pull-down menu, select webinars. So I'm going to move to this resources link with L. Visited link phone.com, link live chat, link support, link login, link how it works, link features, link pricing, link phones, link resources. All right, so here's the resources link, and I'd expect the webinars link to be right underneath here. But if I go to the next link, link 330-day trial sign up, I just jumped right out out of the navigation. So I'm going to go back to that previous link. Link resources. And what I'm going to do is I'm now going to route the mouse pointer to where I am virtually on the web page, which is this resources link. And what I suspect is going to happen is that this resources link has a mouse over effect, meaning that if you hover your mouse over this element, something will happen, such as a drop down menu appearing. So I'm going to hit the hotkey to route the mouse pointer to the element that we have moved to in browse mode. And the default hotkey is insert plus on the number pad. Pointer routed to element. Okay, so the mouse pointer moved over the resources link, and visually a pull-down menu appeared. But you didn't hear anything about a pull-down menu, and that's because the author of this web page did not use ARIA to make it accessible to screen reader users. So this is something that they could fix on their end to make it more usable, but we can still get through it because of the power of WindowWise 9. So now that I've hovered the mouse over webinars, check out what happens when I move down to the next line in browse mode. List with six items visited link webinars. And now these six items that were nowhere to be found are now visible to us because they're displayed on the page in real time and WindowWise can access what's displayed on the page. So now I could activate this link by pressing enter and I would have been able to accomplish my, my goal of getting to the webinar sections of this website. And without using the mouse pointer, there really would be no other way to accomplish that goal. So hopefully that gives you a little taste of how you can interact with mouse-driven sites using WindowWise 9. Um, the last thing I'm going to show you regarding the mouse is how you can read web page content with the mouse pointer. Uh, this isn't always the ideal solution because in most cases working with browse mode will be more efficient, but in some cases it might just be what you need or want to do. And keep in mind that in order to read the web page content with a mouse pointer using these hotkeys, uh, you're going to have to use Internet Explorer um, because at this point we've been able to build in the mouse support in Internet Explorer and hopefully down the road we'll be able to offer the same support in other browsers. I'm going to alt-tab over to Internet Explorer. AI Steve Scott GWKB20. And I'm going to go over to another tab from, uh, I believe it's a Microsoft page. Next tab, Microsoft Accessibility Technology for Everyone. All right, so here's the enable website on Microsoft.com. What I'm going to do is I'm going to move to a heading on this page uh, that has some features, some highlights, and I'm going to move the mouse over to it and then start reading the text with the mouse. So I'm going to go to the top of the page. Top link mobile. I'm going to navigate by heading until I find the features heading. Heading 1, Accessibility. Heading 2, I'm looking. Link heading 4, Windows. Link heading 4, Office. Link heading 4, Assistive Tech. Heading 2, Features. There's the features heading. I'm going to route the mouse to this position with insert numpad plus. Pointer routed to element. And now I'm going to move the mouse to the next line of content with numpad 2. Steve Gleason eyes on the price. Okay, now it's the mouse pointer is hovering over this line, and I can now move the mouse by line and read the content by line. Former NFL star Steve Gleason and his family, friends, and... So when WindowWise finishes reading the line, then I'm hitting numpad 2 to move to the next line. Supporters on Team Gleason are galvanizing others to action that improves the lives of people with oromuscular diseases or other injuries. All right, so I've re reached the bottom of this column, and if I hit down arrow again... Not impossible lab shows how... WindowWise actually jumped to the top of the second column, respecting the column layout. And I don't believe any other screen reader is currently capable of, of doing what we just demonstrated here. Um, so that hopefully shows you the power of being able to read... Um, the text content of a web page um, using your mouse and Internet Explorer. So obviously there's more commands available for you to use here, but I just want to give you a little taste of how this is possible in Internet Explorer and hopefully available in other browsers down the road.
Alright, so we can go back to our study guide worksheet, question 7. What is the default windowize hotkey to route the mouse pointer to the element located at the current browse mode cursor position? That is insert numpad plus. Alright, and the last exercise I want to go over is how to select text because that process has changed a bit since uh, the old browse mode. So I'm going to control tab over to a web page here that has a knowledge base article that we put together. Next tab, GWKB 2063 get started in Google Docs with window ice. Alright, so let's say that I found this helpful article and I want to copy the contents of it and send it to someone else to share this information. So I'm going to navigate down this page until I find the start of the content I want, which is going to be a heading uh, titled What is Google Docs? Heading 3, you are here. Heading 3. GW, heading 3GWKB, heading 4, what is Google Docs? Alright, so the way this works is you move to the beginning of the content you want to copy, um, and you want to select, and you press F8. Selection start. And you'll hear Windowwise announce that selection has started. Now I'm going to move to the end of the content. Um, basically move to the end of where I want to stop selecting content. So I could use any browse mode technique to do this. I'm going to move by paragraph until I get to hopefully the last paragraph in this content. Google Docs is an heading for setup. When I'm pressing P to move from paragraph to paragraph in browse mode. It is recommended to follow the instruction. Open a document or you should hear by default. You may, when using your car's heading for accessibility menus. This sounds like it's all still part of the article. I'll keep moving down by paragraph. One screen reader support heading for keyboard shortcuts. More is part of the article. Google Docs is a There are a few different ways to discover the keyboard short heading for braille support. Another heading in the article. If you use a braille, it is recommended that you search gwmicro.com search. Alright, so I just navigated, I believe, what I think is out of the article into a search box. Um, so I'm going to go just slowly press up arrow until I can move by granular uh, with granular control back up to that article text. And search landmark main landmark quick message mode combo box and select the disabled option using the up or down arrow keys. Alright, and this appears to be the last line of text in the article. I'm going to press end to make sure I'm at the end of it. Period. And now I'm going to press F8 to complete the selection. Copy plain text C button. Dialog select content default copy plain text C button copy with formatting F button reset selection start R button cancel button. So after you press F8 a second time, you're presented with a simple dialog giving you options with buttons to copy with plain text or, I'll tab, copy with formatting F button. So if I wanted, what if I wanted to keep all this nice HTML for formatting with links and lists and headings? I can actually choose this option here, I'll activate the button. Space. Copy to clipboard. And now on my clipboard should be all this information with, uh, with all of the formatting preserved. So now I'm going to open up uh, my email client or get over to my email client and send this off to someone. Voi AI squared meets deep sky inbox webinar outlook. Okay, In control N for new message. N. Untitled message. Send this to my buddy Steve Clower. S C L O W E R at A I S Q E D period M. Tab down to subjects. Subject you rich edit. I N T R E T I H P R T I C E. Interesting article. Tab to the body. Section 1 of 1 style normal column. Now it's time for the big reveal. It's time to paste with Control V. Pasted from clipboard. Action paste alternatives. Go to the top of Use the body. Menu close. Go to the top of the body here. With style control heading for what is Google Docs. And if I did a Control Use Shift R, I should have all of the content that I got from the web page. Set default page. Keep source. Menu closed. All right. So the Use the copy with formatting dialogs co coming up. So I'm just hitting Escape menu to get out closed. of here. Menu closed. Go back to the top. Style heading for what is Google Docs. Style normal web one field Google Docs is an online and there's word. There's all the Use content that I copied out of the web page. All right, so question eight in the study guide: What is the default window-wise hotkey used to mark the start and end point when selecting web page content? The answer is F8. All right, so uh, three last points to make before we try to wrap things up here for today. Um, 
First is some other miscellaneous enhancements made to browse mode as well as in version 9.1. Uh, the first big one that I wanted to reinforce is that Google Chrome support is now official in Windowwise 9.1. So what this means is you can now add one more web browser to your arsenal. And a lot of people believe that Google Chrome provides um, a very fast and responsive experience when opening and navigating web pages. So um, that might be one reason you might be interested in checking out Google Chrome to see if it can boost the performance of, of working on web pages. Um, another thing I want to point out is that we've added navigation wrapping. So that means, for example, if you're navigating by heading on a web page and there's four headings on the page, hit H to go from heading to heading. Once you reach that last heading and hit H again, it will then actually wrap to the top and move you to that first heading towards the top of the page. That's called navigation wrapping. So that's something that's turned on by default and wanted to make sure you're aware of that. So in case for some reason you don't want that enabled, you can disable that feature. And that goes into question number nine, where in the windowized control panel can you find the configuration option to allow or not allow wraparound for browse mode uh, next previous navigation hotkeys such as next heading or previous link? And you go to the control panel in the settings tree view, you'd open up verbosity, open up browse mode, and then open up miscellaneous. And under the miscellaneous options, you would find this option to, to disable this setting if you wanted to. All right, and one other detail I'll kind of mention is you might hear some extra verbosity as you're moving through web pages that use ARIA markup um, that have regions such as landmark regions and main content regions. Um, you might hear things like uh, start application region or application region and application region. Those are all verbosity settings, and if you want to cut down on some of the chatter, you can certainly do that, but we just want to, by default, make sure people know what's happening and giving you as much information as we can give you. Um, so question number 10 of the worksheet asks, where in the windowwise control panel can you find the configuration options that dictate what information is spoken when you open a new web page or press speak summary hotkey while in browse mode so when you get to a new web page you might hear something like 50 links, five headings, two landmarks, 10 tables. You know, where can you customize that if you want to cut some of that down or even add different types of elements into that command speak summary Go back to your settings tree view in the control panel, open verbosity, open browse mode, and then there's new page information one and new page information two. Those two nodes will give you lots of different customization options to control exactly what's spoken. All right, and the last detail I want to finish with is um, a feature that we built into Windowwise 9, and I refer to it as the Windowwise recovery key. And the scenario, which I think people have encountered in the past, is you're working with multiple applications on your computer. Maybe you've got your email client open, you've got a couple web pages open, and you're surfing down a page, or you're trying to, to send an email, and all of a sudden you lose speech. Well, in many cases, what's actually happening is the program is actually becoming non-responsive, and then Windowwise is just politely waiting its turn to get some processor time to do what it needs to do. But until that program starts to respond, it's just going to sit there and keep waiting. Um, so because Windowwise is very polite in that way, it might have left you stuck in, in, a, in a tough spot. So we wanted to be able to, to tell you to give you a way to make Windowwise a little bit more forceful. And what you can now do is if you encounter that situation where you lose speech because of a unresponsive application, if you press Control-Alt-W, which is normally the hotkey to start Windowwise, it will force Windowwise to restart and reload. And that often will help you overcome these types of challenges. So that's the, the last uh, answer uh, for the last question on the study guide worksheet. If another running application such as Internet Explorer or Outlook becomes unresponsive and causes Windowwise to stop talking, what hotkey can you press to force Windowwise to restart? And the answer is Control-Alt-W. Um, two other notes I'll comment on about Windowwise 9.1. Uh, this free update also uh, added place markers to the new browse mode as well as element properties. So if you need to inspect web page elements to figure out how they're styled, um, the element properties um, feature will be very helpful. Um, so if you want to get to the place markers dialog, the hotkey is the same, Control Shift K, and the element properties hotkey is the same as well, Insert E. 
All right, so that is the end of my formal presentation. As a Main Menu listener, you might have questions about something you've heard here on Main Menu. You might want advice about which product that you've heard about is better for you, or you might just want to get in contact with some other technology fans who are listeners of Main Menu. To become part of the Main Menu listening community, we invite you to subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list, where you can interact with not only all the members of the Main Menu staff, other broadcasters on ACB Radio, but also with hundreds of Main Menu listeners from around the world. If you would like to subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list, simply send an email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. You can also participate in discussion about Main Menu and assistive technology by following at Main Menu on Twitter and communicating with us as well as our other followers on Twitter. We look forward to interacting with our listeners. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio's Main Menu, and we hope to hear from you soon on our friends' mailing list and on Twitter. Well, we do want to thank you for being with us this week here on Main Menu, and hope you'll join us back here again next week on Main Menu. You have a great week, and... We'll see you soon here on Main Menu.